Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Season 5, Episode 38 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again today as we continue with our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials. Covering February the 6th to February the 12th um, in John chapters 2 to 4. Um, in this episode, we're going to have a regular length episode, and then I'm going to try and uh, do another episode today at some point. Um, but uh, we'll see how that goes. If not, then we'll just mop up uh, the rest of this week's study in tomorrow's Monday episode. Might well do that, actually, uh, looking at the day I've got ahead. Uh, but uh, to begin with, uh, John chapter 4. Before we begin in verse 5, which is where kind of the main focus of this chapter is about the uh, discussion with the woman at the well in Samaria, there's some interesting verses before that I just wanted to touch on briefly. Um, it seems that Jesus is also baptising disciples when they choose to follow him, which indicates, first of all, the need for baptism uh, to indicate a dedication of a life to the following of the Saviour. Uh, but also in verse two, it says, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples. Um, now, this is interesting because um, you would have thought, you know, the Savior would be able to baptize and would be, would be baptizing. But no, he asked his disciples to. And I think this is a beautiful example of giving his disciples experience. In this case, we're presuming that disciples means perhaps um, those that would be the 12 and maybe a couple of others. Um, and so he's giving them experience in administering ordinances, in helping others come to him uh, so that when he is no longer there, uh, they are very well prepared uh, to be able to do so. Uh, I just think that's very an interesting uh, insight from a verse, which we could easily miss. But let's go straight into verse five now, where Jesus comes to Samaria. And it's not made clear why he is in Samaria. In fact, you know, Jesus and the disciples shouldn't really be tra traveling through Samaria, according to the customs of the time. Samaria, of course, is a place where which the Jewish people were very antagonistic towards and there was not good relations between them. And so the fact that they travel through here, um, Jesus is here for a reason. He wants he's here for a purpose. And um, he comes to the well <clears throat> and sits at the well and uh, the disciples go. Uh, to go find some food, in verse 8 it says. Uh, and in verse 7 it says, There cometh a woman of Samaria uh, to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. Now, <laughs> there's a couple of things here that we need to uh, address. Uh, first of all, um, this is not a, an unusual request uh, in those days, in this context. Uh, it's very often that travellers would stop by a well, and if there is someone there, they would ask to drink, uh, ask for a drink. Uh, and it was it was custom for the person to to do so willingly and uh, obligingly uh, if there is a, a traveller that was wearied and reaches a well whilst others are um, taking um, water from that well. Um, I like this uh, quote by uh, Robert C. Gay, who said, quote, Why do I love that scripture? Because Jesus did not need to go to Samaria. The Jews of his day despised the Samaritans and travelled a road around Samaria. But Jesus chose to go there to declare before all the world for the first time that he was the promised Messiah. For this message, he chose not only an outcast group, but also a woman. And not just any woman, but a woman living in sin. Someone considered at that time to be the least of the least. I believe Jesus did this so that each of us may always understand that his love is greater than our fears, our wounds, our addictions, our doubts, our temptations, our sins, our broken families, our depression and anxieties, our chronic illness, our poverty, our abuse, despair and our loneliness. 
He wants all to know there is nothing that no one is here. He wants all to know there is nothing and no one he is unable to heal and deliver to it enduring joy. Close quote. That is um, fascinating. Uh, I think that uh, point and that insight, because, of course, um, this is the first time that we are going to read in our study that Jesus says he is the promised Messiah. He, of course, did read that uh, that scripture in Nazareth, which indicated and implied that he was the awaited Messiah. But not, not before or never before has he said that he is from his own lips, the, the promised Messiah. And it's going to be the first time this happens with this woman of Samaria. So let's have a look uh, as this continues. Um, the woman is surprised that Jesus asks a, a drink of her. One, uh, because she is a woman of Samaria and the Jews have no dealings with the Samar Samaritans. So she is aware that who Jesus is in terms of his lineage. He is a Jew. Um, and in verse 10, he responds and says, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wast have asked of him that he would have given thee living water. So in other words, if you knew who I was, you would be asking me for this living water. Um, and similar to Nicodemus, we think, uh, from, the, from her response, this is where the parallels start coming out, which I think is interesting. In fact, before we carry on, let's just take a step back and reflect on where we are. Jesus was in um, a, a place of, of Jewish um, kind of uh, concentration with Nicodemus. And Nicodemus comes in the shadow of night. Uh, what's interesting about this woman is that she's not coming to Jesus in the night, but she comes at the sixth hour. This is like the middle of the day. And it's very often that people would collect their water at the start of the day uh, so that it was prepared for for the day. But she is coming at the hottest part of the day. Uh, at a time when people would have already had the water. And this indicates perhaps her shame of herself or uh, just how she doesn't want to be found interacting with other people. She perhaps feels not able to um, engage in full society, perhaps because of what we're going to find out later about this woman. Um, so both people are indeed doing things at times where they're trying to avoid others. But this woman, of course, is speaking to Jesus in the in the light of the day. Um and so, you know, you could take some similarities and some differences between the two there. But I just thought that was interesting. And then both of them, in a similar way, hear a, um, an, an allegory, or not an allegory as such, but a metaphor from the Saviour. And both of them completely miss the mark on it, uh, seemingly, from the text. Uh, it says in verse 11, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence, ha from whence then hast thou that living water? Um so she's confused by this statement. And then Jesus um, doesn't explain it uh, yet, um, but he goes further and says, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Um, President Boy K. Packer said this, quote, The flow of revelation depends on your faith. You exercise faith by causing or by making your mind accept or believe as truth that to which you cannot, by reason alone, prove a certainty. The first exercising of your faith should be acceptance of Christ and his atonement. As you test gospel principles by believing without knowing, the Spirit will begin to teach you. You will be able to discern or to see with spiritual eyes. Be believing and your faith will be constantly replenished. Your knowledge of the truth increase and your testimony of the Redeemer, of the resurrection, of the restoration, will be as a well of living water springing up 
<clears throat> unto everlasting life. John, uh, you may then receive guidance on practical decisions in everyday life, close quote. Uh, this is something which Jesus is promising that the woman would be able to receive if she received that living water. Now, of course, again, um, she um, takes this perhaps a little more physically still uh, by saying, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. So she's still very much focused on the temporal, still very much focused on, oh, well, yeah, if you've got this water, which means I don't thirst ever again, then please give it to me so I don't have to keep coming back to this well. And again, we might see this again as a temporal, oh, it's a bit of an effort coming here every day. But actually, let's just remember, let's, let's just take, step back and take this a bit more spiritually. Perhaps she is starting to connect on a spiritual level. Perhaps she does not want to have to return back to this source of renourishment and refreshment all the time. Perhaps she wants to change so that she does not have to um, change, have to renew and refill her, her water Again, uh, if she's not seen it on a very on a on a spiritual level, we can see the spiritual um, application here. We all want to be able to receive that well of living water, so that we do not thirst, and so that we do not have to continuously return and change. Now, of course, the truth is is that we have to be changing every day. But um, I just think it's an interesting insight how we can apply this uh, on a spiritual level. Uh, anyway, we'll pause there. Uh, I thank you for joining us today, and we'll continue uh, with finishing this chapter. Uh, probably in tomorrow's Monday episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, share what you've studied on the Facebook group. And until we meet again.